Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Life can be very painful sometimes. None of us are immune to this pain. However, faith in God is often seen in what we do with our pain. Abraham said his wife Sarah had experienced a lot of pain in their lives, and still, God called them to great things. That shows us that pain is often preparation for the great plans God has for us. That's not always easy to see in our own lives, but thankfully, God will often show us how He does that in the Bible. Our part is to walk by faith, trusting God with each step. To learn more, Pastor Jim concludes his message, God's Preparation for His Promises. Those of you who are older and you have the possibility of retiring, you probably wake up a lot of mornings and go, do I want to still keep doing this? Then you get out the door and you're like, I'm kind of glad I'm still doing this. What would I do if I didn't do this? It's the up and down emotions and stuff like that. This is why as we studied over the summer on Sundays, we need to abide in Christ. Otherwise, we'll be left to our own devices making silly, silly decisions. Was a compromise? Was it when he went to this other place? Was it was the pull of the other gods too strong for him? Was he too weak to seek after the living God? I don't know. Either way, right now, when you look at his family... The Tower of Babel has scattered everybody. His family is at a dead end. It seems like the world is at a dead end with God. And he dies, and so will his family's name. That's why there was the importance of having a son. And there is no son to carry on his name. While it was... His father that took Abraham from Ur, it will be his heavenly father that Abraham must follow now. Now, we don't really get this from Genesis. We get it later on. We'll read it in a second, the book of Acts, that Abraham had heard the call to leave his family and their religion earlier, and he was confronted with this. No longer can family and prosperity be more important than the Lord. And these are the things, if you're going to follow Jesus, you're going to encounter. I mean, you're going to go do things that your family is going to think is absolutely ridiculous. They're going to think that you're crazy. And in some ways, you are. From their perspective, it makes no sense. I got a real good sense of this on Friday night. Friday night, Pam and I watched, if you haven't seen it, it's a great movie, the Jeremy Camp movie that came out with the, with the death of his first wife. I don't want to spoil it for you. So I looked it up on Rotten Tomatoes, which I always look up, see how it does there, if you know that, that website. And the critics gave it like this pathetically low score. Like it was pathetic. And the audience gave it 98%. So what does that tell you? We're different. We are different people. We look at the world differently. 
People looked at that movie and critics looked at it and were like, this is baloney. I mean, get the tissues out for this one, trust me. But, but people are like, this is, this is a horrible movie. It's not good at all. It's not worth your time. And the people who of faith who watched it said, wow, this was really something. This is really something. Now, if you're watching it and you think, oh, I don't know about this, I think the last scene with his father is probably worth the price of admission. After Jesus died, father, by the way, a Calvary Chapel pastor. After Jesus died and rose from the dead and descended to heaven, in the New Testament book of Acts, when the early church is really rolling, Stephen is talking to the religious leaders. It says this, Acts 7, 2 through 4, and he, Stephen, said, Brethren and fathers, listen, the God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Haran. So this is back in chapter 11. And said to him, get out of your country. (laughs) We might say run. And from your relatives. Very interesting. Family was everything to these people. He says, you need to leave your land and your family and come to a land that I will show you. (laughs) Now, how many of us will do that? Lord, where are we going? I'll show you. (laughs) Right? Lord, what's the plan? I'll show you. What's going to happen when we get there? I'll show you. (laughs) How am I going to feed everybody? I'll show you. What am I supposed to do? I'll show you. You know, that's what it means to follow God. That's what it means to follow Jesus. That you're just going to follow him where he takes you. Verse 4. Then he came, Stephen goes on, then he came out of the land of the Chaldeans and dwelt in Haran, and from there, when his father was dead, watch this, he, God, moved him to this land in which you now dwell. Perhaps the experience of of moving from Ur of the Chaldeans to Haran taught Abraham, prepared him to move again. We just moved, we still live in the area. Pam and I are both like, we're dying in this house. (laughs) Of course, unless God tells us we got to move again. Often, God's calls are costly calls. To leave the comfortable for the uncomfortable. Now, if that strikes you as being the wrong thing to say, that's because that is not the American way. We don't follow God to, for less comfort. We don't do anything for less comfort. We do everything that we do for more comfort. You say, explain that, Pastor Jim. Well, rarely do we seek the counsel of God. Most people rarely, rarely do. If so, it's, a, it's really a passing thing. You know, when Pam and I discussed moving, it was something that God had laid on both of our hearts for quite a while. That had to do with our house and, and how it affects my illness. If you don't know, I have a neurological disorder. So it had to do with that. I remember when I first was in my basement on a Saturday morning and really knew that God was calling me to sell. I had a few different business units and to sell them and to and to go into ministry and came upstairs and Pam was there with her Bible and I 
sat on the ottoman and she was in the chair and I said, you know, I, I really think that God wants me to sell parts of our company or all of it and, and to pursue the ministry, which I knew my family and friends and my accountant and everybody would think was the big, I had this really great business. They were like, what an idiot you are. I'd finally gotten to the point in time where I had the staff that was really allowing me to live a little bit. And so I told Pam that, and I was, you know, expecting for her to be like, what, are you crazy? And she kind of glanced at me, and she was like, I think the Lord told me about that about six months ago. <laughs> and then she was like, can I keep doing my quiet time? <laughs> but we don't really seek the counsel of the Lord. We don't really seek the counsel of wise followers of Jesus who are our friends. You know, we want to hear something almost comical. Do you know that years ago, people used to actually go talk to their pastor before they made big decisions? That is like almost never happens. I've asked a lot of pastors about that. That like almost never happens. You see, and you say, well, pastors aren't so smart. Well, part of it is, and, and I can't say that to you because unless you've done this, you haven't experienced this. Some of you have, have said to me like, oh, thank you for that wise counsel you gave us. And when you were originally telling me your issue, I was sitting there saying to the, I'm listening to you nodding my head and I'm saying to the Lord, I have no idea what to say. <laughs> and then the Lord just would give me something to say or I would say something that was, I guess, from the Lord. And so it used to be that way. Now, this is what we do. We just tell God our plan. And we expect him to bless it. We'll, we'll couch it in, oh, he's calling me to do this, but not really. As we'll see next week, God called Abraham to a new life and service to God away from the false gods of his past. And so sometimes God calls us away from the false gods that we have. It was God's plan to preserve a family line all the way from Adam to Abram, and then all the way to Jesus Christ. And while at this point, to this point, they seem to have a very hard life, what is God doing? God is preparing them for his plan. God is preparing them for greatness, which in a sense, they won't even really get to see. A great text for us in the New Testament of the Christian life is Ephesians chapter 2, 8 through 10. We cite it often, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. So you get the forgiveness of sins and eternal life by God's grace through faith. It's not that you did anything about it. It's the gift of God. Now, is salvation the gift of God, or is the faith the gift of God? Exactly. But isn't it being a good person? No, verse 9 says, not of works, lest anyone should boast. You can't be like, oh, I did such good stuff. So if you're not a follower of Jesus, those, those two verses are for you. You need to grab a hold of it by faith. Put your trust in Jesus Christ. If you are a follower of Jesus, you need to remember it. <laughs> and then after that, what comes next? See, it's salvation comes first, then good works. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Watch this, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So can you tell me what are the good works that God has prepared for you? Can you tell me what they are? 
It's quite possible they're staring you in the face and me in the face every day. We just don't see them or we just don't want to do them or we just don't feel led to do them when we're really just not doing them. So what are the things that God has called for you to do? You say, I don't know, Pastor Jim. Well, neither do I, but I do know this. I do know they have been prepared for you because he just told us. And I do know that God has prepared you for these good works, whatever they are. That's, you know, it's raising children, being a good worker. There's all kinds of different things with that. But I know that he has prepared them for you, and I know he is preparing you for them. He is preparing me for them. He is constantly preparing us for these good works that he has for us to do. You see, God didn't explain to Abraham and Sarah why life was so painful for them. He didn't explain to them why he was moving them out of their comfort zone into the uncomfortable zone. Now, if you've read chapter 12 and onwards in in Abraham's life, you say, oh, no, no, I know the answer to that one, Pastor Jim. God told him, I'm going to make you a great nation. (laughs) I could just imagine Abraham saying to his wife, yeah, we're going to be a great nation. She's like, what does that mean? He goes, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what that means. God didn't explain it to them. He didn't explain to them why they were living in a season following the Tower of Babel, why they were living in a dark season of the world. He didn't explain to them why they were living in a season of hopelessness. He didn't explain to them exactly what the future held. He simply did this. He said, I'm going to show you, and all I'm asking you for is faith. That's all I'm, I'm asking you to trust me in this. God called them to venture into the unknown, holding on to God, trusting that God is holding on to them. But notice, they moved, they stopped, and they're going to be called to move again. God is going to say to them, no more moving halfway. Now it's time to move all the way. And I think that's probably a word for some, if not all of us. Maybe in our lives, we've only moved halfway. And maybe we've grown content in moving halfway. And God wants us for something greater, what he's preparing us for, and he has been preparing us for to go all the way, a time to walk by faith. No more halfway faith. God is calling us to all the way faith. Right now, I believe with all the uncertainty in our country and all of the uncertainty in our world, God is not calling his people to crawl under a rock, but God is calling his people to the same thing. I know that I've talked to a lot of people over the times of this pandemic and told them that I was a pastor of a church. I cannot believe, normally people go, oh, like, Cooties. (laughs) If you don't know what cooties are, ask your parents. But now you know what people say? I need to visit your church sometime. Very different. Very different. That's why we published that thing online about how we wanted to reopen, because we want to make 
your friends and your family feel comfortable. I've been so blessed by people that have said to me, I want to come every week, but I don't need to sit in the room where the service is. I'll sit anywhere. I'll listen to it in in a car in my parking lot or something like that because I want others to hear the good news of Jesus. You see, the key element here to me is that God's preparation is often unseen and often unexplainable and, yes, very often uncomfortable and very often confusing. Right now, we have, for all of us, the promises of God over here, and we have reality, right? And there seems to be an incredible disconnect between the two of them. Absolutely incredible. It seems in many ways like God's promises are crumbling right before our eyes, that that the world or the country is crumbling right before our eyes. Yes, yet God has a plan and a purpose and continued promises for you and for our church. He really does. The story of Abraham is really the story of God's faithfulness to restore faith in his people and faith in the nations. Abraham will teach us the blessings of walking by faith. And he will also demonstrate for us the misery of when we don't. Abraham will teach us that quite often, even the unrealized promises of God will fuel our soul. That's because committed followers of Jesus Christ know that God is in control of this crazy place we call earth, where much of what happens he hates, but he is in control. He really is in control. From a human perspective, it was Terah who took Abraham, his son, from his homeland. But from the heavenly perspective, it was not at all. It was actually the relentless love of God for his creation that human history will run through this man's family. From a human perspective, the death of Terah looked like the family line had ended without Abraham having a son. From a human perspective, it looked like Abraham and Sarah would never have a son to carry on the family name and to carry on the messianic line. From a human perspective, it looked like the Tower of Babel would pull the world apart, that it was all over. God restored hope through Abraham. Why? Grace. Grace. And the Lord invites you, if you've never put your trust in him, despite your past, despite your rebellion, despite your upbringing, despite anything, the Lord invites you to put your trust in him to have the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. He invites you to the cross of Jesus Christ where you can meet God personally. Why? 
grace. If that makes sense to you, it makes none to me. It really doesn't. You see, it tells us in the New Testament, in Hebrews eleven ten that Abraham waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. See, he was living in this earth, but he was also seeing beyond this earth. Friend, what are you waiting for? Are you just living for this life? Because right now, it's not so hot. <laughs> I'm not saying we don't enjoy this life, but part of enjoying what's coming will help us enjoy this life. We will certainly see that Abraham was not a perfect man. And his hope was ultimately in one thing. That God would send son. And he did. When Abraham was a very old man, as we'll learn, and his wife was a very old woman. And his name was Isaac. That was Abraham's hope, but that's our hope too. But ours is different. Our hope is that God did send a son. They knew him as Jesus of Nazareth. We know him as the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. We'll see next, like Abraham, Jesus left the comfort and security and glory of his home to come to earth. Jesus came to live a perfect life in an imperfect world. He came to die a sinner's death, which he did not deserve. He died it in our place, and he rose from the dead, and he did it for you, and he did it for me in obedience to his father. Remember, Abraham lost his father and then moved on to the step that God had for him. Remember, on the cross, Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? On the cross, Jesus lost his father. So you and I could become adopted children of his father and enter into the kingdom of God. Romans 8.32, the apostle Paul write, He, God, who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, there's your cross, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? I mean, he's like, if God would do that, why, what makes you think he's not going to fulfill everything else he has for you? So the question with that becomes, do you believe it? In Genesis 15, 7, it says, Then he, God said to him, Abraham, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans. Was it your father? To give you this land to inherit. You see, God was preparing Abraham long in advance of where he got to and what the future would be. If you are a follower of Jesus, the Lord has and is preparing you for his promises. And if you're not, I remember walking into a church like this hearing a Bible study, I was just a guest of someone, and being strangely drawn to the message, I couldn't believe I was actually paying attention. 
Now looking back on it, God had prepared me for that day. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, whether you're here, whether you're in another location, or whether you're watching us online, God has prepared you for this day that if you're willing to put your trust in Jesus, he will forgive your sins and adopt you as a child, begin to calm your fears, and he promises to bring you home. All the work has been done by God. God so loved the world, he gave us Abraham. God so loved the world, he gave us Jesus. Our responsibility is simply to turn to God, put our trust in Jesus, and follow. Do we know where in this life? No, we don't. You can be fearful, you can be hesitant, or you can enjoy the ride. Do we know where we're going for eternity? You better believe it. To a city whose builder and maker is God. Thanks for listening to Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love is designed to bring you hope, encouragement, and the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Please pray with us that Changed by Love will make a profound difference in many lives. We are stronger together than we could ever be apart. Teaming together in prayer is the key to a spiritually rich life. It really does take a team of praying individuals to reach thousands. Thank you for being a part of the Change by Love support team. To find out more ways to team with Change by Love, go to our website at changedbyloveradio.org or you could call 862-217-9686. Thank you for spending time with Pastor Jim Kevney and Changed by Love.